during the Christian persecutions of the third century, in Carthage in particular, they were, they were violent, very violent and aggressive in their persecution of Christians. So much so that they went around and told the Christians, if you are found going to Mass on Sundays, you will be put to death. That Sunday, the Christians gathered. They were arrested and sent before the magistrate, who asked them, why on earth would you do this? You know that we have to put you to death because of what you did. And one of the elders responded in Latin, Sine Dominico non possumus, without Sunday, we are not able. Without Sunday, we are not able. There are myriad reasons why we come to Mass. We come for the Eucharist, we come for friendship, we come for community, we like the ritual. There are many good and wonderful reasons why we come to Mass. But if push came to shove, if someone stood outside the door and said, on your way out, you will be killed if you go to Mass, would we go? And the answer is, for most of us, oh gosh, I don't know, at the very best. Most of us, if we're thinking about Mass or if we're coming for community, we would figure out another place to find community on Sunday mornings. Or if it's about the social services, we would find somewhere else that would not end in our death to serve the poor and the needy. In the martyrs of Carthage, they realize something about the Mass. Without Sunday, we are not able. Without the Eucharist, without God at the center of our lives, life outside of this church is death. Death, in fact, is preferable to a life without God. And God is the absolute center of my life. And the Eucharist, his great manifestation of himself in our lives, must be the center of that. Without Sunday, we are not able. It's like without the Eucharist, without the Christian community gathered in prayer as sinners asking for God's help, it's like breathing without lungs. It's like living without a heart. These things are not possible. They realized in that moment, that realized that they could not go on that they needed, utterly were dependent upon God's grace to do anything that was worthwhile in this world. In the gospel today, we hear the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector gathered in the temple in prayer. And it is the one who humbles himself, who recognizes his brokenness, who recognizes his utter and total dependence on God's love and grace in every moment of his life that Jesus says walked away justified, walked away righteous. He wasn't doing the good things in his life, but his heart was in the one place necessary for God to do the great work. In other words, if we do myriad good things, but Christ is not the center of our life, it is all in vain. Because the reality is this, it's one of, if not the hardest truths we face in our Christian life. It's that, as St. Paul says in the third chapter of the letter to the Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is a sinner. And as a result, every single one of us is not worthy to be with God. This is incredibly difficult. Because we live in a culture, we live in a society that says everything about you is wonderful and good. And yet, as a Christian, we must recognize that we're 
Because of sin, because we've sinned, because we've been affected by sin, the inclinations of our heart are often twisted and wrong. And so we must go to God and ask Him for His grace and for His mercy. We must recognize that, as he says, St. Paul, excuse me, as St. Paul says in the first letter to Timothy, that God wills the salvation of all. As we heard in the letter, or not in the letter, in the book of Sirach, right, that the cries and the prayers of the lowly pierce the clouds. As the Blessed Virgin Mary said in her Magnificat, God lowers the rich and raises up the lowly. That when we find our identity in our need and our love of God, and our utter dependence upon Him, then and only then can we be and do great things that change the world, that change our lives, that make it possible for us, like St. Paul in his letter today, to cry out in joy, to recognize the good news in our lives, to recognize what God is doing through us, in us, and with us. It's a great irony, isn't it, that in the second reading we get St. Paul crying out, I have run the race, I have done all these good things, and then in the gospel we get Jesus condemning the Pharisee for doing something very similar. But what is the difference? What makes St. Paul's exhortation something that we should emulate, something that is good, and the Pharisee something that is wrong? The first thing is this, is that if we look at all of Paul's writings, we see very clearly that he recognizes that the only way he's able to do good things is because God has made him small and because he is totally and utterly in need and dependent upon the grace and mercy and love of God. He talks about it throughout, especially the letter to the Romans, right? I do not do the good I want to do, but I do the evil I do not want to do. I kick up against the goad of sin. There's a thorn in my side that constantly agonizes me in sin. And yet the Lord calls me evermore to give my heart, to give my life to Him. So he recognizes that the good things come not from himself, but from the God who loves him. And the smaller he becomes before God, the greater God is able to use his gifts and talents to change the world, to bring his proclamation to the ends of the earth, to make him one of the most impactful people in the history of creation. Wow. All of this because he recognized his brokenness and his need for grace. But the second reason why St. Paul's exhortation is so important for us, and it's important for us to remember when we make ourselves small before the Lord, and it's important for us to actually ask ourselves in an examination of conscience, am I doing God's will, is that St. Paul's gift of self is always oriented toward the poor, the lowly, and those who do not know Christ. In the Gospel, the Pharisee says, I'm great, I don't want to be anything like that terrible sinner. But as a Christian... We're called to recognize I'm lowly. God has shown me his face, and that sinner is the one I want to save. He is the prize. She is the treasure I'm going to get. Not the other, not the enemy, not the wicked, not the person I don't want to have anything to do with, but exactly the person who I'm called to know and love and serve. Because it was in God's love to me that I came to know his love. It was in God's coming to me in my lowliness that I came to be great in his love and mercy and goodness. And so it is for me. I must be that hands, the heart, the eyes, the mouth to those who do not know love, who do not know God, who are struggling, who are far from the truth. You know, we are not able, just as the Carthaginians, to do much of anything without the grace, without the goodness, without the love and mercy of God. But in a few moments, we will receive Jesus Christ body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. 
And therefore, we are capable of doing things beyond measure, beyond telling, beyond our wildest dreams. If we but recognize, as St. Catherine, Catherine of Siena was told by God, that I, God was speaking to her, I am he who is, you are, you, who are, you are she who is not. When we recognize our lowliness, our littleness, but the love that God has for us, not in spite of our sins, but because we need it. And when we come and receive him fully, we go forward able and capable of all things in his name.